and welcome to the new Digital Age podcast. It's only Media Thursday. With me, Justin Pierce, the editor, and Andy Oakes, the publisher. Can I just point out that you got the name of our podcast wrong? It's always Media Thursday. It's not only Media Thursday. <laughs> It's, it's both always and only Media Thursday. It's a very fluid title, like most things on New Digital Age podcasts. So this is the last of the year. Um, we're going to do sort of an informal roundup of what's what's happened in the trade media and events and that sort of thing. But I guess we should kick off really with the fact that it's Christmas finally. Uh, and maybe we could talk a bit about the, the, the farce. There's the belief that Home Alone is a Christmas movie, which obviously has been proven this week with science that it isn't i'll i'll put your science to one side for a minute um obviously everybody's at home pretending to be working this week obviously um and therefore having a lot more time to watch christmas films and indeed debate it on twitter which seems to have been your main output so far this week well, well yeah you make, you make a very contentious claim that home alone isn't a christmas film it's it's science if you look at the people that support me there there are many and legion and the are they scientists Many are scientists, many are people that, are, that aren't scientists but know a lot about science and the truth. But anyway, let's move on from that. It's, it's a farce and talk about this year. So let's talk about some of our favourites. I will kick off. I think because we're sort of coming out of the pandemic but back into it again now in the last yeah. few weeks, talk about the amazing pivot that Mediatel did with its, with its move to virtual events. They were one of the first... First, I think, and they did it amazingly well. Obviously, they're back with real-world events, but I just think that was, it was incredible the way they pulled off virtual events. I think some people did meet uh, virtual events really, really well, and some people did them badly. But let's, let's in the spirit of the season, talk about people who did them well. Uh, and yeah, Mediatel have sort of led the way a little bit here, haven't they? With a, a really big shout-out for our friends at Madfest, who also uh, did extraordinarily good virtual events as well. Then finally, um, with us and the, the heart of the lockdown, dark, dark Soho, about not two years ago now, the nice nine week long festival. It was. We spent a week in our office in the lockdown when it at its highest. It was, uh, it was awful. Um, but no, it's it's been an interesting time, and it's interesting how all events now have a virtual element to them. They've all become hybrid. I don't know how successful that's really been, to be honest. I mean, yeah, it comes and goes. And we've obviously run, I think, without saturation, we've got 100, 100 virtual events of some sort at the end of yeah. the day over the last two years. And they, come, they can work brilliantly, they can work badly. And the worst thing is going into a, a networking room at a virtual conference and, and being the only person, which is... Well, two, two things happen here, aren't there? There's, yes, there's the networking element, which isn't happening. And we've, you know, we've seen... Just from some of the things we've wanted to, we've put on this year, such as the Trinity Lunch, give people a chance to network. Man alive, they take it with both hands. Uh, also, events uh, owners have got a real problem with ticket revenue. I mean, it's it's people aren't going to pay the same. People aren't going to you know be, getting people to pay for a virtual event itself is hard, but getting people to pay a decent whack that replaces physical events almost impossible. I would imagine. So, I hope everybody makes it through. I would be surprised if everybody does. So well, let's talk about other sort of favourites in the trade press this year. What I, and I think you as well, were just really delighted by was the Drum Labs, which is their drums physical space for events and 
all that sort of fun stuff. And they had a, a shop of the future using AR and that sort of stuff. Uh, and I think that it looks amazing. There's a the big red drum logo emblazoned on the side of the building. I think that's a it's just the sort of thing you expect from the drum. And it, it's really, I think, quite an innovative and you know, forward-thinking way to have a physical space brand of the drum to do events in, especially launching it over, over this period. It's it's been uh, it's a fantastic idea. The the drum are renowned for taking brave and innovative decisions. My God, they they've hired us as well, um, so they know bravery. Um, but they've it's been extra, extraordinary. And I think uh, Gordon and his team over there are to be absolutely congratulated for what they've done. Um, other things we should probably point out. I think Haymarket have launched Performance Marketing World, which. Maybe it hasn't made the biggest impact, but you know, another launch into the market is always good. It's always good to see a launch, and it was—it's definitely the right sort of approach. You know, sort of celebrating performance, the performance side of the market. And obviously, this is something that's been covered by lots of other mags out there. But it's nice seeing a, a dedicated publication, and by all reports, their live events doing really well as well. So that's next yeah. media title. Um, other things we should talk about is Exchange Wire probably being the first and i don't know possibly the last event ever to be held in a cycling stadium yeah that was a new thing and that's not been done before no they've done amazing well as always i mean talk kieran was meant to come on today as a guest but he has various things holding him up so we'll talk to him next year but yeah they always do again as you said the drum big innovative exchange why are always new and different things and and it's was such a great thing seeing the wires back in the flesh you know on the same night as media fight night so it's yeah. got such an important part of the calendar and seeing them coming back strong as next one it'll be interesting next year to see what uh ad week do uh they, you know they've we've spoken in the past about how we admire them and how they've uh, put Stephen Lepetak in as the european bureau chief which is a great move because he's a lovely if quite small man um they do great events in the States, Adweek. So it'll be interesting to see if they put a, a flag in the ground over here and do something like that. Um, I've heard rumours. That's all I can tell you. Definitely. So, I mean, we started the year, if you think back, it was far more doom and gloom, you know, journalists getting laid off, you got furlough and you know, not lots of launches. But end of the year, with a sort of really flourishing trade sector again in the digital media market. Well, there's, there's been, you know, there have been launches. I mean, we shouldn't forget we launched e-commerce age in the middle of all this as well. Oh, yeah, we did. Yeah, well done, us. <laughs> um, and NDA went from strength to strength. I think that there is, I mean, something you said last year, that there is a real appetite for trade media and there's a and, and bits of it that aren't possibly being addressed. And I think that the people who have addressed the bits that aren't being addressed. So, you know, if you if you want to talk about TV ads and you want to talk about the big creative stuff, that's always been well served. But it's becoming interesting how many more people are talking about the areas that we're particularly interested in, the sort of the publishers, the agencies, the the ad tech types. That's being addressed again. And I think because it's a really interesting space at the moment. Um, and and I, I think we should see more of that in going into 2022. Definitely. And we're going to hear from one of our first. We've got two special guests today. It's quite exciting. We have special guests a lot, but because it's Christmas, we've got two special guests. And the amazing Gideon from Campaigns popping on soon. I mean, I don't know what, what we're going to looking forward to seeing next year. I, the big thing is, I guess, it's back to, as our conversation starts, real world events. And everyone we talked about, Digiday, Drum, Campaign, Exchange War, they all have big presences at things like CAN. And so do all the companies in our space. And, you know, you and I both talked a lot recently to, to 
different companies who are already making their can can plans. I don't know how things are going to be slowing down you know, after recent variant changes, but I do think I will keep saying this. I think cans have come back bigger and better than ever, and it, and the, with the strength of the, the media sector already heating up, it's going to be a really good temple event to watch out. Yeah, it's going to be interesting, isn't it? Because even before that, we got Advertising Week Europe uh, slated for the spring. You know, in a ever evolving variant world, you've got to wonder if that's going to happen. Uh, but I hope it does. They, they're sticking with the same format again. They're still going to the picture house. I wonder if it's time for a change with that. I think it's been done. I love the picture house. That's one of my favourite cinemas. It's a great cinema. Is it a place to be holding trade shows? I don't know. You do a lot of queuing there. That's all I'll say. Queuing. Just queuing. Yeah, ad, ad, advertising week. It's always a... It's always funny to see how the difference between the New York one and the London one, but it's, and I really hope it comes back big and better than ever because remember that was one of the ones that went down last year. Was it this year? Last year, God knows about time, but you know, that didn't happen. It was just hitting on the edge and then the pandemic claimed it. So hopefully this will, it will go. Time's a fluid concept to you, isn't it? You did just, it things, is fluid that, <laughs> things that have happened have possibly happened this year in a review of this year. It's nice. I like this. But is, he, is he this year or? Was last year. So it's, there's, no, there's no getting away from that. It is <laughs> in recent times. It's just in recent times. But yes, the virtual events have done well. I was just want to a shout out last week to Media Tells Future of Gaming, which we had a couple of our team at actually, who yeah. fed back that they thought it was excellent, really good event, uh, I, I, and great to see uh, people about now. Now you have to do events in masks. I wonder if that's going to... I think you do, don't you? I don't know. I suppose you... I don't like wearing masks generally. I always wear a mask, but... I mean, I don't... I don't know how it would really affect things. Again, it comes back to the fact that I don't think anyone cares, just mask or not, just to get things started again. I hope so. I hope so. Um, what else has happened this year that you've enjoyed? I mean, I guess... It, Weirdly, back to virtual events, it's running the hundreds, maybe just the hundred events we have done, and seeing how virtual stuff does really work. I mean, I, I generally look down this sort of things. So I'd rather be in the real world, meet someone in a pub or a bar or an event. But if it wasn't so long ago, I think we've all forgotten how the fact that nothing really works two years ago <laughs> in terms of, you know, even video calling. No one Zooms much. You know, at a conference, there was maybe a, a flipping screen in the corner that was showing one of the presentations, but you know, we've forgotten that it didn't things didn't really work, and now right. everything works just perfectly. So running events is a joy. You know, I think and I hope that attending events of all the guests we have on is a joy as well. I think, although yes, as you say, the networking element isn't there, I do think still those human relationships that are brokered over an event, even if it's virtual, that is still flourishing. So that's why I really enjoy the fact that. All this stuff just works. It works seamlessly now. If you remember back to when we did the 99 Club with Madfest, uh, even then, it was a great platform, socio platform, but even then, it was, it was just starting to really work properly. We had problems there a bit. So you I, know, it, That might have been us not knowing quite how to use it, which I... It's always us. Of course it is. Fully, fully prepared to admit that could have been our fault. Well, of course it is. So that's, well, that's what I really enjoyed. Uh, and yes, because I couldn't quite work out that I was supposed to be reading messages and I didn't think we were getting any, but I'd never found the tab where all the messages were coming in. And when I did find them, frankly, a lot of them were rude. 
Yeah. You do find many of these things quite confusing. But well, it's my, it's my age. It's my age. It's your age. Anyway, talking of Madfest, I think we've got our, our first special guest on this. End of the year, it's only Media Thursday. Is it only always? It's always Media Thursday's podcast. Dan Brain, co-founder of Madfest. Dan, good to see you. Hey, Justin. How are you doing? Amazingly well. I'm amazingly well. So we're me and Andy are talking about the year that's passed, doing a roundup of the great and the good, and Madfest is obviously the great and the good. So Madfest is a big partners of ours, and we talk about virtual events and events, and Madfest, you were the, obviously the first one to come back in the real world in blazing Technicolor in July. So how's the year been? Well, I think the Technicolor was just your shoes on stage, Justin. So, um, yeah, the year has been crazy. Up, down, left, right, you know, it's it, it, a real sort of assault on the senses. But I think for Madfest, it's been an incredible year. Um, you know, we, we we did bite the bullet. We were the first to come back with a, with a physical event. Um, we were able to do that by running it outdoors at the Truman Brewery. And just the appetite for people to come together to uh, to hear big speakers, but I think the networking side was really strong as well. Uh, and you know, just focusing on that that experience. So something that we're very very keen on at Madfest. So bringing the likes of Dashoom and Campari to the party um, just made everyone in such a good mood. So uh, it was amazing. It's uh, it, it, I think it's reflected in in the growth of the business. And you know, I'm absolutely delighted that we decided to be brave and uh, and go for it. Dan, we were talking earlier about um, the difficulties with hybrid events and how do you get to them work? And obviously you've, you've tried it, you've done a bit of that and you, you worked uh, with Demexco in the past. How, how do you see hybrid events working going forward? Yeah, it's a really interesting one because a lot of the big event organisers are, are pulling back from digital. So, you know, the, within the big sort of trade show companies, they want big, physical, scalable events. I think at Madfest, we take a slightly more nuanced uh, approach. Um, we think digital is here to stay. We think hybrid is the way forward. I think, you know, what we'll see is a lot of local and, and regional events that are then streamed globally. So I think, you know, the more effort you can take to make sure that that content can be consumed critically and then, you know, add interactive elements. So... Uh, attendees from the other side of the world can engage with the content, ask questions, etc. I think, you know, being totally transparent, nobody has nailed the networking side of it just yet. Uh, I'm sure somebody will come up with a really innovative format in 2022, uh, and we'll see a lot of progress in that respect as well. So tell us a bit about MadFest 2022, which is going to be three-day festival of fun and three days three days can 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 you live or handle it justin that's that's the question um yeah so we're uh, we're adding a third day for, to madfest um three days uh the third day is going to be amazing so we're calling it dis the disruptors day and we've got loads of uh really interesting kind of growth brands on stage you know the likes of deliveroo uh ocado eve sleep all birds uh, so lots and lots of sort of, you know, content from the disruptors. And then uh, at halftime, at lunchtime, uh, we're switching the emphasis uh, and we're going to have the uh, the mad day rave. Uh, so we're going to just put on a great party for the whole industry. We've got Norman Jay signed up to DJ. This Schumer back. Um, it's going to be incredible. It is going to be incredible. How have the 
I know you're going to say incredibly well because you would, but the conversation's been with sponsors and speakers. I mean, what's the appetite to be back in the real world again? Do you think is it are people biting at the chance? Yeah, I, absolutely. I mean, to, to be totally honest, I thought uh, speakering Madfest 2021 was going to be tricky because there would be all sorts of company policies and people might be reluctant to, to go out and speak. In reality, the opposite was true. So many industry leaders just wanted to get back on stage. You know, I think people love events because it makes them feel connected to what they do. So, you know, actually going to an event, you know, hearing from those big brands, getting, you know, the... Uh, uh, the mental cogs kind of working and thinking about your own problems. It's kind of what events are all about. And we've missed that for so long. Um, so I think, you know, in 2022, I just think everything's going to be turbocharged. You know, we might get off to a, a slightly uh, lockdowny start. Let's hope not. I know this is a podcast about Christmas cheer, but I think, you know, the, the, the real, the real sort of, there's a huge amount of enthusiasm for, for events in a physical sense. And I just think, you know, what we've learned from digital will should create a really sort of, you know, interesting hybrid experience going forward. Brilliant. What's, now, what's been your um, your view of the, the industry press over the last year? And obviously, the NDA is, is doing really well. We're talking about, I think, we, me and Andy were talking about everyone's done quite well. Trump's done great stuff. Campaign's done really well. Gideon's coming on in a second. Uh, her chat. Media tell. You know, obviously, you know, they're massive friends of yours as well as ours. They flipped very early to virtual events, have done really well. So it does seem that industry press is in quite rude health. Would you agree? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think the, the sort of old adage, necessity is a mother of invention, is uh, it has never been truer. So, you know, all of these B2B publishing businesses have had to pivot. They've had to do things differently. You know, just like Mediatel, they've had to launch a, a whole sort of raft of digital products and services. So I think, you know, it's a really exciting time. If you think about the sort of traditional B2B publishing model uh, and and all of this sort of, you know, the the innovation that's taking place right now as people realize there's more to life and sort of, you know, display ads and subscriptions. So I think, you know, we'll see lots, lots more more sort of innovative products, um, you know, digital services uh, in this space. So there's the appetite for, for information, for for gossip, has never been stronger. Amazing. Well, Dan, look, we're doing the say goodbye. We're doing quick sort of hello to people, but congratulations. Honestly, Manfred, this goes to strength and strength. We're, you're one of our favourite partners and biggest friends. So lots of love and can't wait to see you come back stronger and bigger and better than ever in 2022. Happy Thank Christmas you. to you. Happy, Happy Christmas, Christmas to you both. Oh, so great to see Dan. It's always good to see Madfest just going from strength to strength. Honestly, one of our biggest partners. And now we have our next special guest joining us, Gideon from Campaign. Gideon, hi, welcome. Thanks for joining us. We've just been doing a quick round of the year and the sort of the the strengths of, of all, all the press from Campaign to Drum, Digiday and Mediatel. We just had Dan on from Madfest and sort of agreed that it has been a incredibly strong year in the sector. So how's your year been? What have you been most proud of over at Campaign? Well, that's such a good question. I think I'm, I know this might sound like a strange question, but a strange answer, but I think that I'm most proud of how we have uh, coped with what's been an incredibly difficult year and bringing in the new team. We've had lots of people leave. Um, I think the great resignation uh, affected Campaign as well as everyone else. 
but and we have worked really really hard Maisie McCabe who's the UK editor and me and also Gemma Charles who's the deputy editor and we've got some really brilliant new people who've joined we've um increased our subscription revenue digital subscriptions for two years in a row last year and this year which is great for us and has uh, meant that we've been able to hire more people so um I, I know that's not necessarily uh, a direct answer in terms of journalism but it's allowing us to do better journalism so i'm yeah i'm really pleased about that how have you been working gideon have you did you get back to the office uh has it been home working all the way through or how, how have you been doing it yeah, so we were homeworking for a really long time. We didn't really go back to the office until September. And uh, then just last week, we we had to stop at the um, you know middle of December. Mm. So um, yeah, there's been a lot of, uh, almost all our recruitment was done over video, which is yeah. another uh, thing. I mean, I realize it's commonplace now, but you wind the clock back to March 2020. Um, okay, sure, if you were like a tech business or an international business, you were doing that. But for most hiring, it was not done by video at all. Um, And um, uh, you guys know this from having worked in publishing back in the day. When you produce a print magazine, um, I just would never have imagined that we could all do it from our homes and not be in the same room. And I met our art director, Chris Barker, who joined in august 2020 for the first time in october 2021 wow. and i just didn't believe it um but he, again there have been things that have been really creative and i love the fact that for example he can share his screen with me and i can look really really closely we, he can show me like artwork ideas in fact actually, if i was in the office with him <laughs> i'd be invading his personal space um so uh, it, it, i think for the creative process what surprised me is, is that you can do a lot but uh, remotely but I do feel you know it was great to start meeting people I used to I got a dog in January a puppy so I've been for a few walks with people uh, including industry people um, even in the worst of lockdown and in my neighborhood in London and uh, I'm trying to sound enthusiastic because I think (laughs) it's not been a normal year I keep thinking yeah well my god's sake we spent the first four months basically not being able to meet anyone and not go into a pub it was (laughs) And, um, it sounds, like a, <laughs> sounds like a great podcast idea dog walks with gideon i think i think you should uh... yeah it does i like it in, in, the, in, the, fun, in the first lockdown i did a podcast interview with someone and it was one of those really hard ones that you weren't meant to go out with the walk around the park doing this view it's quite it's quite good so yeah was that with dog walks with gideon it, it, uh, with, um justin was that with pug pig did i dream that yeah 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 it was yeah, yeah I it, it was quite funny because it was right in the, in the you know midst when it was still so it was not even a police state sort of thing so that was quite nice to go out and meet someone in the park even though it was just quite a weird situation but it was nice so yeah and I, good. You, you, you could hear yeah, when you were going uphill because you puffed a lot yeah well it was quite hard walking up this hill but i i do feel like it's been um it's been a demanding year and difficult and uh, it follows an even more demanding year the year before but you know th- there have been some really good things and i know that for many businesses it's been a year of really amazing growth mm-hmm. um but then it, that brought its own weird challenges because i think most people in january did not expect to be in the middle of a sort of talent crisis by may no. yeah so what are you hear on that and we talk a lot on this podcast about, about job skills and that sort of thing and everyone i talk to yeah it's it's not just the endemic, you know, digital skills crisis that's been with us for the last 20 years, but it's fever pitch and it's really causing massive issues. 
do you do you mean is it, is it has it sort of reached a sort of frenzy yeah. at the moment there's no, there's no people the people are getting more expensive the people in in roles that they shouldn't be in it, 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 i've never seen it so bad really i mean yes it comes from a great place because the world's you know coming alive again and comes doing really well and as you say you know, this no one expected to see such positive positive you know results if we're sitting back in january but the crisis of talents really reaching i think you know fever pitch Yes, it'll be so interesting to see if there's some kind of reset at some point where things calm down. I mean, the one thing I would say is, is that, you know, the world's biggest technology companies have got just much, much bigger. And the gap between them and everyone else has got bigger since the start of COVID. And, you know, it's not just in the advertising industry or the ad tech sector that, you know, Google and Meta and TikTok and Amazon are lifting talent out the whole time and very hard to compete with those employers that are just for all the reasons we know. So it is a slightly distorted market. And yet, you know, people are coming now coming out of those organizations. And I think we've seen that now for five or 10 years and becoming entrepreneurs. And I, I do think that's also super interesting. Um, we can't just think of these big tech companies as being monoliths where people go in and never leave the ones who <laughs> get lazy never leave but there are there's some really fantastic businesses which have come out of people coming out of those out of those tech giants so i am quite optimistic that you know that the, there's always room for people who's with smart new ideas and uh i have to say uh it's never been a better time to set up a business and uh, you guys, I think, are proof of that as well. Thank you very much. I guess it's funny, I guess, back in the old days, as were, you'd see all this innovation, hot young startups come from Mother or BBH or the big agencies, and now you say it's tech firms. That's replaced but the same process happening, really, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to exaggerate because I, I don't think I truthfully have a, a, as good a handle on the market as I should. But uh, just, you know, I, I've people, you know, organizations like Brain Lab and Crowds, sorry, Brain Labs and Crowd, you know, they're people who are have come out of Google, for example, mm-hmm. and set up uh, agencies that they know how to make, to use those platforms. And when 70% of digital ad spend or more is going through only a handful of platforms, knowing how to use those platforms is kind of, you're made if you do that. And um, uh, what I'm convinced about is that whilst there's lots of kind of problems with advertising technology and marketing technology, there's massive opportunity, massive opportunity to be creative. So um, if I could sort of phrase it like this if some companies are having problems hiring i the question i've got is where is it the talent going because it's i mean and you know the market has a funny way of correcting itself exactly Uh, gideon it's been a really strong year editorially for campaign i think um there's been some fantastic stuff um and i'm looking at your uh, squid games front cover actually on my desk as i see good cover um what's been your highlight this year what have you liked what's the what's the story you've enjoyed most with the campaign that's a good question because there have been lots of things that I'm, you know, I'm pleased that we've done. Um, I think I'll, I'll single out one thing, which is uh, our For the People campaign, which actually was um, the brainchild of Maisie McCabe. Because Maisie really felt very, very strongly that Channel 4 needed to stay in public hands, that there wasn't a strong case that Channel 4 should be privatised and that the government needs to make the case to change the status quo rather than the other way around, which is seems to be uh, sort of, let's let's do it unless anyone can stop us 
Um, so that was good. And it's a good thing. Journalism is about campaigning and uh, I mean, or an, an aspect of journalism is about campaigning, I should say. Um, you know, we've got the power to do things. And I'm not suggesting that campaigners really had a huge impact on the, the debate. And there have been others who've also got involved, like broadcast, which covers obviously the, the TV content side of the business. But um, I think that's an important thing. And it was good for new members of the team who've joined us, some young, some from other titles with more experience, to see that, you know, this is what campaign should be doing, I think, and uh, even living up to our name. Absolutely. Let's let's finish up on again something me and I always talk about on this podcast is about events, you know, which is the life of our registry. Uh, they'll come back to a greater or less extent. I saw you tweeting you've been to a campaign event in Birmingham, I think. So real world events are back. What's your view on how fast are they going to come back? Is Can going to be big this year? You know, what's the future for for real world events? Do you think? I think it's good. Uh, I think the future is good because I think people love face-to-face interaction. Um, I think it's complicated uh, because, uh, I mean, it is a statement of the obvious to say that the coronavirus is going to be with us for some time to come. And we've seen that virtual events can have some benefits. So my my starting point would be, uh, I think the future for events is good, but I think also the sustainability debate means that now the... I think can lions, for example, will need to be smaller. Uh, okay. I don't think I don't think there's any real rationale for sending quite as many people as have gone. Um, so maybe that'll be a bit of a push towards localism, which is actually great. I mean, I'm I'm not against that. Um, I do think that virtual events have really, especially for international things. We've done an event called Campaign Connect, and you know, I I I've had some amazing discussions with people in indonesia and india i'd never I'd, i mean normally you'd be going oh i'm gonna probably have to fly out there and do a five-day trip i mean if you were lucky enough to get that opportunity and and i do think that 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 is something again that we didn't really well i didn't anticipate at all before covid so um uh, i i for us uh, at campaign you know events are still a very important part of what we do um, and it was great to go to some of our awards and other industry events, uh, particularly in the autumn. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for popping on. Uh, we didn't even get a chance to find out the name of your dog or what sort of dog it is. Dorva, Cavapuchon. <laughs> well, we are bringing back, I think, our digital dog section on NDA, so we'd love to feature, feature you and your dog coming up. But Gideon, thank you so much. It's great to see you and uh, have an amazing Christmas and New Year. And you too. And thanks for inviting me on. See you. Nice to see you, Gideon. Thanks, thanks so much. Well, always amazing seeing Gideon. Always amazing seeing Dan. Uh, that's kind of it, Andy, from us. What are you doing this Christmas? Uh, um, eating, drinking, uh, trying not to catch COVID. That's good. Well done. All the, all the usual that. things. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Well, that's it then. I think let's say goodbye to all our loyal listeners that's up every week waiting to hear us and often disappointed. And say, we'll see you all next year. Thanks so much for listening. We love you very much. Goodbye from me. And it's goodbye from... Uh, Me. (laughs) Bye-bye. See you next year.